Did you know that 65% of marketing leaders in APAC view ABM as a crucial part of their marketing spend? And that the emergence of generative AI is transforming the marketing landscape? Want to learn more marketing insights? Well, download the 2023 State of Account-Based Marketing in APAC report with the link in the pod description. You'll have valuable data points and key takeaways all at your fingertips after the single click of the download button. Get your copy now and find out how you can transform your ABM game today. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from X-Growth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Kim Robertson, Head of Marketing, about why marketers should aim for the Chief Revenue Officer role. On that note, let's dive in. Kim, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be a part of it today. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And I'm excited to talk about this as well, because the, the CRO role has been has been around for a little while, but you know a lot of people are trying to define it and talk about like who should take that role and then what should be the responsibilities of that role. Some some organizations just say, "Hey, that's just a that's just the, the head of sales basically in the organization," and some organization mm-hmm. is that you know sales and marketing reports into it. So, I want to start mm-hmm. with getting your definition of you know, how do you define the CRO role? I think from my uh, perspective, it really is that you are responsible for every revenue-generating customer-facing line and the team that supports that function, and it spans the entire customer life cycle. So you're responsible ultimately for revenue protection and revenue growth. And what I've seen through a lot of reading, because as you know, I'm super passionate about what is still, I think, an emerging role here in Australia. Obviously, the US, it's quite different. But this is really our opportunity. And I think we're best placed as CMOs or, or marketing leaders, because we do span that entire life cycle of the customer. And the, I think one of the critical success factors uh, in this, you know, setting up this function within an organisation from my reading and research has been around that having a dedicated revenue ops team. So you have those customer facing lines such as marketing, sales, customer success, account management, if you like, and customer support. And you're really responsible for driving the entire integration and alignment across all of those functions within the organisation. And the critical success factor is having that dedicated revenue operations team that supporting those customer facing functions whether it be rev finance rev tech you know rev data and insights being very customer and market you know focused so that would be my definition so for me it feels very clear cut yeah it, it's very yeah I, I i get that from your from your description for sure 
I guess my question would be, traditionally, we see the CRO role being filled by a VP of sales or, you know, a head of sales. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the attributes that marketers need so that they become considered for that role and they better position themselves to kind of take on that role? I think from my perspective, you've got to have either introduced or are very comfortable with hard revenue metrics as a commitment from the marketing department to generate bottom line impact for the business. So whether that's number of new wins, percentage of total revenue contribution, etc., and you're able to build a, a revenue generation marketing strategy and execution plan that delivers on that and you can measure it and communicate impact effectively. So I think that's one of the number one things. And I know a lot of software companies, tech companies out there do this very well. I know it's more of a challenge in the professional services world from events that I've spoken at and speaking with uh, professional services marketing leaders over the years. They find it very difficult to measure impact directly. And they're also dealing with the, you know, the partner models. Sales is absolutely still very much king in those traditional uh, professional services organisations. But definitely from a software or tech company perspective, they've been very comfortable with hardline metrics for a long time now. So that's like a baseline. If you're not able to uh, commit and deliver on an outcome that means something to the business and to the shareholders, you don't really have a baseline to move from there. I think secondly, it's been very curious around, you know, business or finance uh, acumen, having that and being very focused on growing your understanding. Like I'm always very quick when I move into a new role, supporting a new brand or moving to a new business that I develop a very strong relationship with my CFO Mm. to the point where I offer to do weekly commercial updates in their absence. You know, I want to understand how they read the numbers and the the dynamics. And that's that's something going just over. I don't think it's over and above the role of a CMO. At the end of the day, you are a revenue generating engine and you need to understand how our business makes money and profit. Uh, so I think that also helps there when it comes to looking at the chief revenue officer role and what you would ultimately be responsible across the entire life cycle. I think also taking a very much a leadership position in not only developing the business strategy, I won't say brand because I don't want people to think I'm speaking about marketing alone here, but what are we doing as a business to differentiate and win in the market for the next 12 months ahead? There's absolutely a collaboration with the rest of your peers at the Exco level, but that you're really in the driver's seat bringing insights and shaping what that looks like. But not only that, you're also looking and driving the discussion around the next three to five year strategy for your business. I think by having that natural curiosity as a marketing leader and building your knowledge around where are those opportunity points across the customer life cycle for your organisation to firstly protect revenue and opportunities to add value to customers, so therefore generating new revenue streams and bringing those to the table at an exco level is also a really compelling thing because you've got the CEO who's, you know, 10, 30,000 feet high, very focused on obviously the end-to-end operation of the organisation. But, you know, they're very focused on board in- engagement, shareholder engagement, etc. CFOs are very much, you know, around 
they've been highly trained and are amazing at counting what has been. So a very internal view and a lag indicated kind of focus, not necessarily market focused shareholders, you know, aside, but they use historical numbers to then forecast out from there. And I think from a sales leader perspective, it's really interesting. They're very much uh, trained and measured on shorter term thinking. I know that's probably quite a controversial thing to say, but that's their role and that's what they're great at. And it's how they're incentivized. And even the most strategic sales leaders that I've worked with have been on only on that first half of the entire customer life cycle. So acquiring the customer, onboarding, and then handing over to customer success or account management. So they don't necessarily have that end-to-end visibility that the marketing leader has. And that's why I am so excited about the opportunity for the, the CMO to move into that broader remit uh, across the business. Those are, those are great attributes and, and very, very solid points. I mean, from having those hard revenue metrics to the understanding from the finance perspective, there's great points. Um, do you think there is a – you talked about kind of the differences between tech and services. I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that and what do you think are some of the differences there or what do you think is maybe unique? Because obviously tech is a lot stronger in the U.S., maybe in the UK than it is here in uh, in our region. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on the CRO function for you talked about services or basically outside of tech. Is there a unique element to it compared to tech? Are there things that, are, that you think are different in, in our space than it is or in, in the uh, services space other than uh, the tech space? I think the with professional services it's the structure of the organization to begin with right so they have the partner model etc we typically don't have that in the tech world tech can be you know you've got your large enterprise account-based marketing but you also have the transactional element which is where marketing can really shine and is required because it's high volume to drive an impact so it opens Mm. the door to have those conversations around hard metrics for contribution to the bottom line. From the professional services, marketing leaders that I've chatted to, events that I I have been to or presented at, and I recently was invited to be on a panel, it was the great debate, should marketers have hard metrics or not? And we, uh, I had invited my sales leader to come along with me because I thought that would add to the argument as well. And I was obviously very much for hard metrics and measurement. The We had a, a Tier 2, Tier 3 uh, services organisation and PwC, and they were arguing for against, but we all agreed. It was a bit of a, a laugh, like we all agreed that we should have hard metrics to support our businesses. It's just more difficult and challenging in the professional services space. And we asked how many marketing, marketers in the room, and there may have been 60 to 80 marketing leaders in Australia in the room, how many of them actually add hard revenue metrics and maybe two put their hand up. For them, I think it's a services is not as tangible as a product or a technology. The deal sizes are typically, you know, larger, Mm. more ongoing and more complex. The sales cycle is longer. 
And it's really challenging to also productize services. It's something that I always look to do wherever I go if we have a services element, but it's not as easy as here's a piece of software, here's the features and the functionality, and these are the business outcomes that it can deliver versus we have a consultant who has 15, 20 years experience in mergers and acquisitions. Do you see what I mean? Like it's, it's very yeah. difficult to make that that connection. And so I just think it's like a mature, it's more complex in the services sector and you've got the, the actual structure of those organisations typically being, you know, partner-led. So the partners own everything. They're also responsible for sales as well. And it's about how does marketing elevate their position with a partner to be able to take the lead on driving the outcomes for that partner's business. Whereas I work for a general manager or CEO, if that makes sense, and there's multiple business lines that I look after. So, yeah, it's not an easy, uh, it's a difficult one to answer, to be honest, but uh, that's what I I see as the, the patterns, the patterns. Very valid, very valid. You know, I want to slightly change the direction of this and and, and i want to also get your thoughts we, we did touch on this that you know sales tends to be the role that takes over the cro position i'd love to get your thoughts on what do you think are some of the challenges when sales or so, in some cases even finance taking over the the cro role instead of marketing in terms of the challenges um yeah what do, what do you think you know, why do you think that that is not as good of a fit when sales or finance take over the CRO role instead of marketing? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. I, from a, a, a finance perspective, I, I just touched on this a little earlier. They are trained at, to be experts on numbers and financial modeling and communicating effectively to the shareholders and their CEO or the board, they're not trained on market dynamics, macro, micro, go-to-market strategies. Marketing leaders, effective marketing leaders, are highly skilled and trained on taking a brand to market that's differentiated and Mm. the supporting go-to-market strategies there. So I think it's really from, you know, a training and professional perspective that we are... From my, from my point of view, the most obvious choice. But with that said, the caveat is, back to the attributes that we just talked through, if you're not demonstrating those attributes, you do not have a seat at the table to even begin or even to be considered for the CRO role. So it's it's sort of there's your baseline. You've got a seat at the table and then you can you will I, – I would beg to differ that if you were a highly effective CMO with the attributes and others, of course, that we've discussed before up against the CFO, I think there's a really compelling case as to why the marketing leader should be the right person for that role. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And from a, from, I'm sorry, and from a sales leader perspective, I've worked with so many incredible sales leaders, some not not so amazing, and I'm sure they've worked with some marketers that aren't that amazing as well. But even the most strategic sales leaders, they are they are so well honed in their profession to take a first meeting through to close and that sales cycle. They are looking month to month, quarter to quarter as they attain their goal for the 12 months. They're not looking beyond that. They don't have time 
to look beyond that. They've got their own challenges in their role, you know, in terms of, you know, pricing negotiations, contractual negotiations, you know, the onboarding process for the customer needs to be seamless. But from that point onwards, they're handing over to another department, typically or traditionally, without the, the, the CRO function or revenue ops in the business. They're not one team. So they hand over and they're, they're on to the next deal, you know, and I really admire them for their tenacity yeah. and their focus uh, in that space but in my opinion, once again, like the, the CFO, they're not trained to look at long-term, short-term, micro-macro, market dynamics, competitive differentiation, and then with that, being able to design and architect really effective go-to-market strategies that deliver results. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. That not having that end-to-end lens is obviously very critical. Mm. Are there examples of, of people or, mar- or people or marketers that you keep track of who maybe have made the jump or, you know, are, are very well suited or they talk a lot about it? Are, are there people that kind of come to mind from this angle, especially marketers? I'm always looking for on LinkedIn for CMOs and, and obviously Googling as well, looking for CMOs that have made the shift over to CRO. Here in Australia, as I said, even though it's been around for quite some time in the US, it's still very much an emerging profession or business line here in Australia that I have found. But I guess the ultimate goal for me and why I was so excited around this CRO opportunity for CMOs is I know as well as much as you probably know that it's highly unlikely or very rare that a CMO within the organisation that they're working for will go straight to CEO. What we, Where I see the CRO, the opportunity and why I'm so excited about it for marketing leaders is that I don't think you could find a better person to take on that CEO role than the CRO who shadows the CEO and is responsible for delivering the revenue that the CEO needs. You know, they won't have a job without it, right? So I haven't been able to find, and I'd love to know if you have have heard of anyone in Australia that has moved from CMO to CRO, but Steph Tully, I'm a massive fangirl of. So she was, she has a marketing and customer success background. She was the head of customer success or customer experience at Qantas. And she, I think maybe six to 12 months ago, was put into the CEO role of Jetstar. So that's the goat. That's the goat in my my point of view. I was so excited to see that transition, and she's doing really well in that CEO role. So that would be, I would say, the poster child, if you like, in Australia for someone who's come from a marketing background and has moved to you know Sarah CEO responsibility. I wish we had more of it, but I've found that CMOs have to leave an organisation to become a CEO elsewhere in a smaller organization typically yeah yeah it's very very good point very interesting point i mean there there are definitely a couple of people i know off the top of my head i can think of for example six cents cmo who very recently mm. moved to the cro role but uh you were right i mean there there is uh it's not a very common occurrence Mm-mm. but stephanie Tully is a great example of that transitioning from Qantas to the Jetstar as a CEO. So good. And uh, and definitely something for people to keep their eyes on and follow. 
That's amazing. Yes. Kim, I got some rapid fire questions to ask you, but before we go there, is there anything else on on the topic of chief revenue officer that you think we should touch on that maybe I haven't asked? No, I think in terms of, you know, a, a top line summary, I think that we have covered, you know, it off. I just can't emphasize enough the importance of those attributes and demonstrating value and talking to the metrics that matter to your peers at that executive or exco level. So this is all about the CMO getting a seat at the table to be considered for the CRO role, right? So why not start behaving like you are the chief revenue officer? And I, I, even though from where I, you know, my current employer and brand that I look after, you know, in terms of CRO pathway, I think we're a number of years away from that, but that doesn't stop me today from behaving like the CRO. Yeah, sure, I don't have all those lines of business reporting to me directly, but I'm very focused on having a seat at the table in terms of what's our strategy for customer success, service delivery, customer support, sales, uh, for example. So I'm there very present and shaping those discussions because if the brand wins, I win. Mm. And I'm really passionate about marketing's role, the discipline in having an impact to the brand across and the customer across the entire life cycle. So whether CRO as a, as a, or a revenue ops as a function within the organisation is one year away, who knows when it, it's coming. It doesn't stop us from marketing leaders in behaving in that way because we are in the prime pole position to see the opportunities across the entire life cycle to protect or add more value and grow revenue within the organisation. No one else at Exco covers the life cycle end to end like the marketing leader does. So that it's probably my last comment on that. Love it. Love it. Are you struggling with your campaigns? Maybe they're not performing as well as you thought they would. Well, luckily for you, the team at Xgrowth have nailed the art of account-based marketing. So if you'd like to know more about how you can hop on the ABM train, book a free consultation with the account-based marketing experts at Xgrowth to help you get started with your ABM journey today. So before we wrap up, let's do some rapid-fire questions as well. So the first question, Kim, I have is, what is one resource? This could be a book, a blog, a podcast, a talk, whatever it is, that has had a pretty profound impact on the way that you work or live. It could be something that you've come across recently. It could be something that it's, uh, you know, you've come across many, many moons ago. But uh, what comes to mind? I have two. I'm sorry. Two? We'll take take two. We'll take two. Okay, so... In terms of, you know, as a marketing leader, as a practitioner, I love the SBI. So they're a sales, marketing, customer success consulting firm, thought leaders out of the US. I had the privilege of doing some work with them at my previous employer. And they have the most incredible assets, content, thought leadership, everything from go-to-market strategies, you know, not just for marketing but for an organisation as a whole, planning structures, process, systems, marketing, working with sales, 
the the upside of collaborating as one demand gen engine capability or function. I just, yeah, so if you Google SBI, they will come up, but I've always been, well, at least for the last six or seven years, a huge fan of theirs. Got it, got it. Okay, and then from a career perspective, I'd have to say Whitney Johnson. So she's, I have, I'm not sure if you've heard of her before, once again, out of the US, but she is uh, incredible in terms of really pushing people to disrupt themselves. So when you're starting to get comfortable in a role, that's time to move. So we are all, you know, creatures of, of comfort and safety and better the devil, you know, but she's a huge advocate for, you know, don't, settle if you are getting comfortable in a role disrupt yourself put yourself out there for new opportunities be present when and to, so you can actually spot those opportunities and put your hand up and be vulnerable in that and I think you know that goes and ties back to my focus on the and passion for the CRO role is you know marketers can't be sitting there reactively taking orders from sales or from the CEO we need to be in the driver's seat and really challenging ourselves to develop our financial acumen, committing to hard metrics to the business, uh, even if you know you don't, you're not sure whether you're going to make it or not, because it's the first time the business has ever introduced hard metrics for marketing. But you, you've got to start somewhere. So that'd be my response to to that question. That's great. That those are great resources. Um, second question: If you could give one piece of advice to B two B marketers, what would it be? Be accountable to the number and talk to the talk to the metrics that matter do not talk about clicks and followers or (laughs) website hits you need to be talking about the number of new leads that have come into the business the conversion of those leads contribution to current opportunities in pipe number of deals won that have been generated from marketing sources and what that equates to in revenue that's all i talk about at, at that level i love it great Question three is, who are some of the influencers that you follow in the in the sales and marketing space? I mean, obviously, we've talked about Stephanie Tully and, uh, and uh, um, the author of uh, kind of Smart Growth mm-hmm. being Whitney Johnson. But any, anybody else that comes to mind? I have to say, I look at and follow tech vendors very closely. They were, um, not that you would technically call them influencers as in an individual, but they absolutely influence the way that we work as, you know, marketers, sales function, because they're developing and innovating based on collaborating with the best brands and the best minds in the world. And I know that from my experience of 10 years at working at IBM. A lot of the innovation that comes from our technology vendors out there is based on requirements that have come from brands wanting to push the envelope and extract more value mm. for their for their business. So I watch tech vendors very, very closely. And funny enough, also my competitors because they're huge influencers. Right? Of course. <laughs> so, you know, what are they doing with their positioning, you know, et cetera. I, look, I, I follow a lot of B2B marketing leaders. You know, I make sure that I'm really connected with the B2B marketing leaders here in Australia and those that I have met through events and presenting um, overseas as well. I obviously, you know, keep a close eye on, on what they're doing um, and where they're innovating in particular. 
Love it. Love it. All right. Last question, Kim. What is something that excites you about B2B today? I think it's the Chief Revenue Officer. Yes, the CRO role. And yes, it's so exciting because I think that's the gateway or the pathway to the CEO role. And I think we are, generally speaking, given that we are so customer-centric in everything we do, if we're not, we won't get the numbers in. We won't drive the leads. We won't grow share of wallet with existing customers. We know the customers our competitors intimately. We are supported by, you think about your peers um, at the the C-suite. They're all experts in operations, productivity, finance, etc. But if you go back to what I'm sure a lot of uh, marketing leaders who are listening to this podcast now, there's no one more customer-centric or understands our customers and their needs better than the marketing leader. So if you are working for or want to work for a customer-centric organisation, why would not the marketing leader take on that CEO role? Kim, this has been an awesome conversation, a lot of insights from you and a lot of great points. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, sharing all the all these great points with, uh, with me and the audience. Thank you so much, Kim. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about something I'm so passionate about. And please, if anyone would like to reach out to me, they can contact me via LinkedIn or or via you guys. I'm happy. I I could talk about this for hours and learn from them as well, I'm sure. (laughs) Fantastic. Kim, thank you so much. Thank you. Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Semedo with additional editing by Liza Maywell and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.